fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I gotta admit, I've never seen a time in history when we've actually had so much news right in front of our eyes happening right before our eyes, and yet we're so blind to it. Yet we don't care. We look the other way. We put on the blinders, and we just don't care. I, I don't understand, man. Doesn't make any sense to me. Hey, welcome into the show. It is a midweek celebration. It is the pre-free Friday, the post-post-Monday celebration here on The Voice Reason, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here at our flagship radio station in Wichita, Kansas, all over the country on radio and on TV and on live streaming and on podcasting as well. Appreciate you hanging out with us today as you do every single day. Your Millennial General reporting for duty. We have so much to get to today, and I want to cram as much of it in as we possibly can. At the bottom of the hour, Dr. Cornelius Grove, he'll be joining us and talking about cultural values and how culture and cultural values affects educating our youth of America. So we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. We have a guest on the line as well I want to get to, but first, real quickly, headline breaking news that just happened semi-recently here today. What's trending today? And we'll talk more about this in just a little bit, but I don't know if you've heard the news or not that, yes, the same guy that made the antivirus software, John McAfee. Now, I've always, as a kid, always said McAfee. I always love it. I don't whatever, but I guess it's apparently McAfee is the official term. But John McAfee, uh, McAfee, now I've confused myself. Uh, McAfee has been found dead in his prison cell in Barcelona, Italy, after the approval for him to being extradited to the United States. Now, I didn't know he was on the run, but apparently he was on the run. And the rumor has it was that he was making millions of dollars in cryptocurrency, did not pay any taxes on it and was going to be federally indicted on tax evasion on millions of dollars of revenue, been running around the country, and he's been found dead hanging in his cell in Barcelona, Italy. Now, for the rest of the story, the conspiracy theory part of it was that he also had dirt on the Clintons and certain government officials and the CIA and had been making posts about how he was going to release said information and apparently got a tattoo saying that he was fine and that if he did if he was found dead, as suicide, that it wasn't actually a suicide. So are we looking at like a Jeffrey Epstein thing all over again? I don't know. We'll talk about that in just a little bit because that just blows your... It's happening right now, and people are just like, say, what? What's going on? So yeah, that's crazy. So we'll get to that in just a minute, but I am excited. I want to shift gears a little bit for our other trending story of the day. What's trending today? So we talked about just a few days ago antitrust laws on this show and talked about antitrust laws based on uh, big tech and what's going on with big tech. And it's one of those topics where I know absolutely nothing about. I am a dummy when it comes to this issue. I don't know much about the industry as a whole and how this not only could potentially affect big tech, but how this could also affect small business. As you're aware, close to 90, 95% of all business in America is small business. You wanting to open up a shop on the street corner, you wanting to actually grow your business and open up multiple shops, wanting to hire individuals, you evil, crazy, rebel, free market, capitalist jerk you are. How dare you? How dare you? So I figured we need to have someone back on the program to talk about this a little more in depth, talk about Chinese-style antitrust laws that are coming to America and how this could affect big tech and small business. 
in America. Excited to have on the program. He's the president of Connected Commerce Council, 3C, a membership organization for uh, small businesses empowered by digital tools and the technology as well. It's Mr. Jake Ward on the program with us. Jake, how are you, my friend? I'm well. Thanks for having me back. Hey, I appreciate you coming on the program very much. It's a fascinating topic to me because it's something I don't know much about. But as now we see this big push for antitrust laws in America, first off, I don't know how much representation we actually get at the federal level for real, actual, legit small business in America. I know it's not a lot. But with these types of laws being discussed at the federal level, what would this do and where are we right now with small business actually trying to survive in the country? When we launched the Connected Commerce Council nearly three and a half years ago now, one of our core tenets was give small businesses a seat at the table so that we could stop being on the menu. That's amazing. Every every politician I've ever met talks about the value of small business and the the importance of small businesses to our communities and to our economy and to driving jobs and, and just be pillars of the American dream. They talk about small businesses. They almost never talk to small businesses. It was our intention to get in their face a little bit and make sure that they understand that every issue is a small business issue. And when they start aiming at big tech companies because they're mad about election results, the reality is they're going to hit small businesses. And in a world powered by digital tech tools and technologies, marketplaces, the companies you just mentioned in the intro that want to set up shop and be free market entrepreneurs, they use websites and e-commerce platforms and marketplaces and online tools to run those businesses very cheaply and see if they can take, try their hand at the American dream. Yeah. And they want to cut the legs out from that now. It's wild that they want to cut that. Uh, is it just because they're getting threatened because other companies are doing well and the market's starting to diversify, consumers are going to other places and not just support the ones that they want? I mean, where is this coming from when they say now we need this change and we're going to start cutting all these, uh, cutting the leg essentially off of small business opportunity? Now, there's, there's two pieces to this. The first is that Democrats are very mad at what they consider to be big tech companies because they think that a lack of control has led to a radicalization of the electorate probably heard a lot of people argue about uh, Common Decency Act 230 or CDA 230, and so they want to punish big tech. The Republican right populist, not conservatives, populists are mad because they think that there is a section of big tech that tamps down conservative speech. They call it censorship. We won't get into the fundamentals of what censorship is versus government and free enterprise, but regardless, they're super mad about it. Yeah. And so what you've got is the far corners of both parties wanting to take a bite out of large technology companies, or as I like to call them, the leading sector of American innovation, the drivers of jobs and the reason our 401ks are doing okay. I also like to remind people that these are the, they comprise the safety net that just saved 11 million American small businesses during the worst economic crisis that we've faced in, in 100 years. Very interesting. It, it is a, it, a fascinating topic to talk about big tech, and, big tech and where they're at. I mean, just spoken from experience, I mean, we're growing this radio program. We do a live stream on all of our social media. A year ago, we were getting anywhere from five to 600 views a day on our Facebook live feeds. Now we get like 20 to 30, like the, the shadow banning. I've been blocked numerous times on social media. The, the, the attacks, I think, are real. I don't know whether it's happening on both sides or not. But the question is, what do you do about it? Because while they are a private company, uh, and, you know, free enterprise, do your thing. And if you don't want me on there, I'll find another platform to go to. And that's completely fine. But then what I don't like 
with any industry, whether it's big tech, whether it's corporations, whether it's anything, is using the government for that crony capitalism to use government regulation for their own personal benefit, which is not what free markets are all about. And that hinders small business so much because they have that lack of advantage in there because they don't have the money. They don't have the lobbyists. They don't have the opportunity. And they kind of get left in the dust. And this is just kind of pushing that further down the road, isn't it? I think you just hit the, the nail on the head with that. I, I Certainly, there are conversations to be had about the role of online platforms in moderating speech. But yeah. it's not a question of free speech. It's not a question of entitlement. This is free enterprise. Yeah. When there's money to be made and the market dictates that a point of engagement... That's why Ben Shapiro is in the top 10 every single day of stickiest content on Facebook in America because he <laughs> drives eyeballs. Yeah. But the same reason that somebody who says something offensive on their, on their timeline could be suspended for 30 days because that's just disruptive and it's bad for business. There's no question that that's a conversation we should have. The antitrust laws in markup right now, today, don't come within a country mile of touching on this subject. Mm. They are punitive and they are using antitrust as a, as a lever to disrupt otherwise essential American innovation and critical tools for American small businesses. Yeah, that's very very true. We're talking with Jake Ward, president at Connected Commerce Council. You can find them online, connectedcouncil.org. Let's talk about some of these pieces of legislation they are discussing right now, including the American Innovation and Choice Online Act, the Platform Competition and Opportunity Act. I mean, where are these coming from and what, what some of the details about these acts? What are they? I, I would tell you that there's nothing Congress likes doing more than naming acts and bills <laughs> in clever ways finding acronyms that spell out things that they don't actually do. These five pieces of legislation proposed and passed out of subcommittee last week and in markup today are the brainchild of David Cicilline, who is the chairman of the antitrust subcommittee, the Democrat from Rhode Island. And he has been, for the past 18 months or so, thinking about ways that he can corral what he sees as companies too big to not be controlled by the government. He doesn't seem to care that in this country, we judge antitrust by two metrics, consumer harm and market manipulation. He has not, in any of the subcommittee hearings, been able to demonstrate consumer harm. Google is still free to me. I don't know about you. Or market manipulation, which is hilarious because when you put four tech companies on a dais and accuse each of them being a monopoly while they're competing with each other, the irony police have left the building. Yeah. Right. The, the challenge that we face today is these five bills were taken apart while the, the Democrats, Jerry Nadler, Jim Cicilline, um, Jerry Nagoose, went out and found backbench Republicans so mad at Twitter and Facebook for their banning of Donald Trump that they were willing to take a bite out of the innovation economy and disrupt free enterprise. Like the Republican Party in all of this has lost its mind. We are supposed to be about free enterprise, free yeah. market, and letting the market dictate who wins and who loses. The federal government shouldn't be in that business if for no other reason than they're terrible at it. Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, the only purpose of the government getting involved in this stuff, as you mentioned, was to make sure there is not a monopoly. And if that's a concern, we can discuss that. But I, I mean, I see... Here's my per and I don't know enough about this, so you can kind of correct me on this. I mean, I've been hearing the rumors about monopolies as well, and we hear Facebook that owns, you know, Instagram and bought, you know, working with Twitter, and, and then you have Google and Amazon working together. I mean, they're such uh, they they're pals in a sense, but yet they still compete against one another. Is there a concern in the market right now about monopolies? And that's when 
you know, one of the few duties the government should be involved in issues, but just to try and silence or try and regulate an industry because they're concerned about one or another, I'm with you. It shouldn't be regulating that. It should only break up monopolies because that's unconstitutional to have a monopoly. But is that a concern right now? It's not unconstitutional to have a monopoly. It's against the interests of our of our economy to have a monopoly because mm. it creates consumer harm and market manipulation. But let me let me put it this way. TikTok hit a billion users today. It's the fastest country, company in history to do it. You think they're not competing with Google and Facebook and Snapchat yeah. and Apple? Yeah. Right? There are plenty of players in this to create market forces that drive down costs, drive up innovation, and create a level playing field. I also like to remind particularly House Democrats, who apparently have the memory of a titsy fly, <laughs> that Friendster and Walmart and Barnes & Noble were all accused of being monopolistic less than two decades ago. Sure. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it is. It, it, we're so twisted right now to where we look to the government for the answers, and that's just not the way we need. We need to step back a second. We need to clear the air and let free enterprise kind of work itself out, and uh, and then we can deal with issues as they grow there. We're almost out of time, my friend Jake. We're president at Connected Commerce Council. Uh, you can find them online, again, connectedcouncil.org. It's a fascinating topic, Jake. I'd love to get you back on the program again here real soon. I'm happy to join anytime. Let me leave you with this. Nobody asked for this. No small businesses, no individual consumers, some very large tech companies that are mad that these companies are getting a pass in some of what they see as media regulation have decided to lobby Congress, and that's why we're having this conversation. Yeah, I love it. You guys representing uh, representing small business, and that's what we have to do, representing real, actual, legit small business. So kudos to you guys. And Jake, I love it. We'll get you back on the program again here real soon. We appreciate that information. There it is. Lots of stuff we got to get to. We'll break down a lot of it and more coming up on the program today. It's a Wednesday here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier Holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, 
catch our special features and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Wednesday, the midweek celebration. The best day of the entire week. I don't care what you say, because that's what we do here on the show, radio and TV, live streaming, podcasting. Two guests today, so we're going to cram through them as much as we possibly can. Thanks again to Jake Ward coming on the program, representing small business. These antitrust laws are interesting, and... With both of them going after big tech, the right and the left, where's the happy balance here? Where do we get back to true free capitalism and limited government here? The government should not be resolving these issues for us. However, at the same time, is big tech just getting too big and silencing us? And do we have the opportunity? Look, I'm all for if if Facebook and Twitter said, you know what, Andy, I don't want you on our program anymore. I don't want you on our platform anymore. We don't like you. We don't like your content. We don't like what you do. We're just going to stop you. Just going to cancel your account. You know what? If that's what you want to do, all the power to you. I don't care. However, while we try to start up other social media outlets as well, like ourfreedombook.com, like we had Parler for a while, and Parler's kind of sort of back, but only works half the time sort of thing. You know why? It wasn't working well because we only had limited platforms because we couldn't find servers because no one would sell them servers in order to host it because they didn't like them. So there's a sense of a monopoly in a backhanded way that I think we do need to address so we can have fair and balanced stuff. Uh, at the same time, where's the line drawn between, you know what, at the end of the day, is social media really worth it because we can get our message out in other ways other than just on the computer where everybody's getting brainwashed or you're getting manipulated or, you know, screened and limited type of news. It's it's an interesting conversation to have, and I'm glad that we're having it. So uh, kudos to him coming on the program. We appreciate that very, very much. All right, real quickly, there's some crazy news going on right now. What's trending today? So the big news is just a little bit ago as of, oh, I don't know, about an hour and a half ago, it looks like. Antivirus software pioneer John McAfee, or McAfee, I called him McAfee, uh, McAfee. I always called him McAfee. Hey, did we upgrade our McAfee subscription? But I think it's McAfee. Anyways, he's been on the run for the last year or so, which I was not aware of. And he's been on the run because he made millions of dollars, not just doing his thing as anti-software, uh, anti-virus software, which is like means you're super duper smart and doing your thing. And that's kind of the go-to for many companies. But he's also apparently made millions of dollars for digital currency and trading in digital currency. The problem was he didn't pay any taxes on it. And now he's been on the run for federal tax evasion that they've been trying to get him. Well, he got arrested in October, apparently, in Barcelona, Italy. And federal officials found him. They arrested him. He's been there since. And they were about ready to extradite him to the United States to bring him up on those federal charges on tax evasion. Typical thing of, you know, the rich guy that didn't want to pay the taxes, so therefore he tried to run and try to sneak the money and use it, whatever. That's the theory. That's the scenario they're trying to put out there. And according to the New York Post, that's the story that they did run that everything's great, everything's wonderful, you know, he uh, he got caught, we're going to bring him back, we're going to make him pay taxes, yada, yada. Um, everything points to suicide, according to the latest reports. A second Spanish newspaper, El Mundo, also reported that McAfee had died by apparent suicide in the jail in Barcelona. Now, there's a picture of him at the prison in Barcelona. Looks like a third world country. Looks like a third world prison. Now, he was being extradited to the United States. My theory is is that 
if you're going to be in prison in a third world country, not that Italy's a third world country, but the prisons look like they're pretty rough there, and yet you're going to commit suicide because you don't want to come to the United States and face federal charges and then go to a U.S. prison where they're a little bit more luxurious than those third world looking ones with you know paint being scraped off the wall and you don't even have a mattress in there and it looks pretty rough. You commit suicide because you want to stay in that country's prison as opposed to come into the United States. That's a little strange to me. The crazier part is just a year ago, he got a tattoo on his arm and posted on social media saying whacked. And he said, getting subtle messages from U.S. officials saying, in effect, we're going to come for you, McAfee. We're going to kill yourself. And he said in his post, I got a tattoo today just in case if I suicide myself. I didn't. I got whacked. Check my right arm. That's according to the gatewaypundit.com. Is this another Epstein thing? He said he had dirt on the Clintons. He said he had dirt on the on some federal officials that he was going to release. And now, just hours after being approved to get extradited to the U.S., he commits suicide to go to a better prison in the U.S.? A little strange, isn't it? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh my gosh, what a crazy day in news. It's weird. we got to try and keep up with all this. They're doing the best we can, all right? Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. We'll get back to some of the other news that we talked about a little bit later as well. But as you know, you know me, I am a guy who loves learning about other cultures, loves learning about other ideas, different traditions, different ways, and can we find and fine-tune our ways to make them better by listening to others and trying to mesh them all together? That's why I love America, because we're the melting pot, or the mo- some call it the mosaic. I like to call it the melting pot, because I don't like the little fraction, I live over here, you live over there, everything's going to be hunky-dory. I love the melting pot of just mixing everything together and trying to learn from the best and trying to grow and evolve as a human species all together. To me, that's fascinating. To me, that's fascinating, especially with our education system trying to educate the youth of America because we have a problem. And while the education system in America is slowly dwindling, what can we do to raise that back up? Personally, I'd be okay with getting rid of the Department of Education at the federal level and let, you know, charter schools, private schools, you know, that sort of thing kind of run its course. At least create some competition back in the market for K through 12. But whether you're talking about K through 12 or talking about higher education, 
we need to figure out ways that we can fine tune the system, whether it's the, the, the community or the education standards, whether it's the teaching roles, how we do these things, which is why I'm super excited to talk to our next guest. He holds numerous different degrees, which means he's way smarter than this guy right here who holds zero degree other than a broadcasting degree on <laughs> the radio uh, with John Hopkins University, Columbia University, also his latest book as well, A Mirror for Americans, what the East Asian experience tells us about teaching students who excel. You can find it online at amirrorforamericans.info. Super excited to have on here Dr. Cornelius Girl with us. Doctor, how are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. And greeting to your listeners uh, in Wichita and beyond from Brooklyn, New York, which is where I am. Brooklyn, New York. I have always wanted to go to New York. I've never been there yet, but I, one of these days I will make my tour through New York City because I've always wanted to go that direction. Well, you'd be most welcome. I, I love it. I love it. Let's talk about different cultures and how we do education across the world for a moment. Because right now, I think America is failing miserably when it comes to our education system. We sink so much money into administrative states in the K-12 through education system, not really the trickle down to the teachers to be able to get the right resources in the classroom. To We try to simplify things or come, I don't make them more complicated when it comes to solving math problems or doing literature. I don't know what we're doing wrong, but it's been on the decline, at least in my opinion, for a while while we see other nations doing really, really well. From your perspective, from what you're seeing, what are we doing wrong and what could we do to make our system better here? Well, um, Andy, I don't know how much time we have. I'd like to uh, begin by very quickly saying where my ideas come from. Yeah. Um, uh, so it turns out that in the late, you've been talking about how our students are not comparing well against students in many other nations. And this has been uh, known since the late 1960s when the international comparative tests were first given. And when the first test was given, very late in the 1960s, the uh, students from East Asia, and that's China and Japan and Korea, uh, did much better than the American students. And there were some Western scholars who were based at a university in Hong Kong, and they couldn't believe this because they said, Oh, my goodness, uh, how can this be? Everybody knows American education is better than uh, these dilapidated school systems we have over here uh, in China and Japan. And so they wanted to figure out why that was true. And they began doing some research, and they were followed by others from, from many other nations, not just the United States, not just Australia. Um, and eventually, an enormous amount of research was done over a 50-year period, which brings us up pretty close to the present. And that research looked at the differences in everything that might explain why East Asian students were doing better on, on, on all kinds of academic tests than American students. And they looked not only at, home, at schools, but they also looked at homes, everything that could possibly go into this. Now, we're here to discuss my book, A Mirror for Americans, which addresses what those scholars found from looking at schools. Uh, you might be aware that I have a previous book called The Drive to Learn, yeah. which draws on their findings about what they found in homes. And on the school side, they found that there were many ways in which 
the teaching of academic subjects, and by the way, I'm only looking at preschools and primary schools. I'm, the, the research didn't pay a whole lot of attention to secondary schools, and I don't discuss secondary schools at all in, in, my, in a mirror for Americans. Sure. And so to, to jump from that beginning where I'm depending on the research of literally hundreds of scholars, anthropologists, and others who went to East Asia to try to figure this out, to jump to the conclusion I reach in A Mirror for Americans, the conclusion is that the teaching of academic subjects in East Asia, that what happens in the classroom during lessons is much more focused on the knowledge than American teaching. In other words, it's much more focused on what the children are there to learn, the actual topic of the day. I think that, uh, I think many people would agree that here in American schools, there's enormous emphasis on what is often referred to as student centeredness. Mm-hmm. And this is a feature of our culture. We live in a very individualistic culture. And as children grow up in homes and in schools in various ways, they are they come to go along with and, and emphasize the emphasis that we put on individuals. And this certainly shows up in classrooms. And this is one reason why there's so much emphasis these days, and there has been for several decades now, maybe even five or six decades. I'm not quite sure when we can say this began. Sure, but Bre- break down what you on. Yeah, break down what you mean by by the focus on the individual, just like the individual needs on how the individual wants to learn based on the individual, or based on like the individual feelings. Well, of, like, do we want to make sure you're comfortable. Like, what do you mean? Um. Well, one thing, there has been some emphasis on how the student wants to learn. There's, there's been research into, uh, mainly here in the U.S., in uh, what's known as learning styles. Uh, you know, are they, they say, well, is this kid an auditory learner? Are they a visual learner? So that's just one aspect of it. Sure. Um, even take at, at the very low level, at kindergarten level, there's something that uh, we've all are familiar with and we probably uh, participated in as young children, show and tell. Mm-hmm. Show and tell is how is one way in which teachers focus on individual students. The student shows something they brought from home or something that they made and tells a story that is based on their own personal experience. This is just one of many ways in which we focus on individuals. School districts uh, have have vice uh, vice super, uh, deputy superintendents in many cases, and and um, and um, organizations that support education. I know often have vice presidents who make sure that everything they do is focused on the student. You just don't get this in Asia. They don't think this way. They they don't worry about whether the t- the classroom is student centered or teacher centered. They're worried about the about the students learning the topic. What are they supposed to learn today? So is it subtraction? Is it something about their history? Is it uh, you know something about their native language? Uh, teachers make lessons plans, and they've. I did, and you know, one of the certainly one of the functions of those lesson plans 
is that the students will learn a specific thing or certain a group of related things about math or science or or whatever it is. Sure. And that is the focus of what goes on in the classroom. This shows up in in many ways, and I can tell you some of the uh, some of the ways in which they accomplish this in East Asia. Uh, how much more time do, should I have? I don't know if I should really try to shorten things. Or well, we got a minute uh, before we got to take a break, but I'd love to stick uh, hang, have you hang over for another segment afterwards because this is sure. fascinating stuff. Okay. So, but we got just about a minute before we have to take a hard break. So let's tease. Going into the next segment with this, as you know, these differences between America and East Asia, it is, I mean, what it sounds like is we're very much focused on making sure the student's comfortable here as opposed to there. This this well, is the grind. We, we're going to punch you in and we're going to make sure we, you learn this stuff. We, we want students to be happy in school. We want them to come to school willingly, to look forward to their class, to think they're going to have fun there, <laughs> to make an enjoyable experience out of it. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. And I don't think anything I say in my book <laughs> suggests that there's inherent anything inherently wrong with that. So certainly not anything morally wrong with that. But if the most important thing is that the students learn subjects very well, you know, beyond mere proficiency, yeah. then... The emphasis has to be someplace else and not on the enjoyment of what is going on. And this is one of the major fundamental differences between East Asia and our schools. That's fascinating. Let's take a break here. Uh, when we come back, I want to focus some more on that because you bring up a really great point with that, the, the feel good of America, which is, is it bad? Is it good? I mean, I think it's good to a degree, but at the same time, when we go overboard with it to make sure you're comfortable and that you're in a good environment, we kind of take things to a new level there, and we'll get to into some of that here in just a little bit. It's Dr. Cornelius Grove. A Mirror for Americans is the book, amirrorforamericans.info is the website. Go and check that out. We'll talk about some more of that when we come back, wrapping up the show today for a Wednesday here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Uh, the show goes by way too fast. Welcome into the program, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting here on The Voice of Reason. Stumbling through a program like Joe Biden through a press conference. <laughs> See, that's a joke. Welcome back into the show. Great to have you. Last couple minutes here of the show wrapping up on a Wednesday. Dr. Cornelius Grove with us. A mirror for Americans. What, East Asian, uh, what the East Asian experience tells us about teaching students who excel. Now, Doctor, we've talked about the the feel-good in America, which, again, I think there's a happy line. We want to be comfortable. At the same time, we need to push the students to actually learn things, and when they balk because they're uncomfortable now, and I know I'm taking this to the extreme in, in some case, but with, you know, K through 12 and maybe the high school level, now we have the, you know, the, the I don't know, the confession boost for masculinity, confession boost or our little safe space that we have because, you know, we feel uncomfortable in that sense as well. I think we've taken the comfort level just a little bit too far. But then with your previous book as well, where you talk about the home front, I think in America we're almost failing on both levels here, aren't we? Because they need to have the family support on the home front to encourage and to push them and to make sure they show up and they do their job and hold them accountable to do their homework and do it right and understand it just as much as it is the curriculum at the school level, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I I actually believe that the major reason why East Asian students uh, outperform American students academically, and of course, that's a generalization. There are some very, very good American students. Let's let's say that. No no question about that. But... um, the, the main reason why, uh, in general, uh, East Asian students for decades have been known to do better than American students is because how they're raised at home. It isn't so much a matter of the parents rec- ensuring that they do their homework. It's a whole different mindset mm. about the importance of academic learning. This is something that is shot through and through a Asian culture, and in particular, the one I'm the part of Asia that I'm most familiar with is East Asia: China, Japan, Korea, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. Sure. Um, learning, academic learning, and the effort, the long, arduous effort to actually learn something really well is valued in East Asia. It's, um, it's admired in East Asia. It's admired by parents, and it's admired by siblings, it's admired by grandparents and uncles and aunts. This is a family thing. When a child studies really hard and does very, very well in school, the, the whole family takes pride in that. The whole family is... Um, it, their their honor their their worth in the eyes of their uh, neighbors and their friends and their relatives increases. 
Uh, one of the things that really has struck me, and not just me, but other other people who are pursuing the same thinking that I am, is that in East Asia, the respect and the admiration given to students who learn and really well and study hard and long and get good grades is equal in some ways, equivalent in some ways to the honor and the uh, great feelings and the admiration that students in our culture get from doing really well in school sports. Sure. Yeah, we've we've definitely uh, changed the priorities there because us, if you yeah. if you excel and you're the all star football player and you go to college on a full ride and you get in the NFL, that's a pride thing as opposed to hey, I got yeah. straight A's, I got a four and I was able to ride through with education and become you know a, a super smart scientist. So our priorities but, are definitely a little different there. But but let me say it doesn't depend in East Asia. It it's I, I, the only part of your comparison I'm disagreeing with. It 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 doesn't matter that they. That is that somebody gets on goes on to the NFL. Mm-hmm. It matters that here in secondary school, or even in middle school, or even in fifth grade, they are at the top of the class. That is really important. That is very very good in East Asia, in a way that is not characteristic of most American families. There are exceptions for sure, Amazing. but generally speaking, generally speaking. The whole value system, and we see this value system at work again in the classroom where the most important thing is not honoring the students as individuals, but ensuring that they learn the knowledge, whatever is to be to learn today. That is the consistent focus of the teacher and the students together. To do it and to do it well. Dr. Cornelius Grove, I love the conversation. We're out of time, my friend. we got to get you back on the program. Can you come back on again here soon? Yes, let me know. I'd be delighted to come back. i got a lot to talk about. Absolutely. There's great stuff to talk about. We appreciate that very much. Amir for Americans. Amirforamericans.info is the website. Go and check it out. Thanks again to Dr. Cornelius Grove. Until then, back at it tomorrow. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Have a great Thursday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, We're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.